Good morning, Heartland. There's so many beautiful faces out here. Good morning. Uh, why don't you stand if you're, whoa, let's try this again. Why don't you stand up if you're able? We're gonna worship the Lord. If you're online, welcome as well. We're so happy to have you. And today we're just gonna, go. you know what? It's very cold in here and so my lips are not working, that's okay. We're gonna declare that the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you believe that this morning? In seasons where it's really difficult, there's something inside of us that's called the joy of the Lord, and that is our strength that we can continuously work in and through. And so this morning, we're gonna declare that. We're just gonna sing our praises to Him. And it's a little cold in here, which means body movement will make you much warmer. So let's just jump and sing and clap our hands and give praise unto our God, amen? Let's put our hands together.
Father, we just thank you for how good you are to your children. Father, we thank you that you are already in this place, God, and you're moving in our midst, Lord. And now, God, we just call on your name, Jesus. We call on the mighty and powerful name of Jesus that changes the hardest of the hardest situations. For there is power in your name, O Lord. When we say, come alive. Those things, God, that we are praying so deeply for, we declare and we say, come alive in the name of Jesus. For we trust you, Father. This is a house of worship. This is a place of Jesus, this is a house of me. 
What are you standing on this morning? Song, same God, talks about that we're standing on the faithfulness of God. The solid rock, Christ Jesus. Many people place their foundation on things that will fall. Things that wobble when the storms come. But the word of God says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The song talks about how God fulfilled his promises throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, and still stays consistent, consistently keeping on his promises. This morning, I don't know where you're at, but do you trust that God continues to keep his promise with his people? no matter what you are facing. The same God that brought the Israelites to the promised land, the same God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, is the same God that's gonna come through for you today. And I love this scripture in Hebrews, how he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And I see this, this quote that I have here. And it talks about how God was consistent through every book of the Bible. And I love this section. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar by fire at night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the commander of the Lord's army. In Judges, he's the judge and the lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kingsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's the seed of David. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of everything broken. In Esther, he is our Mordecai, an advocate. In Job, he is the everlasting redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's our meaning for life. In the Song of Solomon, he is the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. Wow. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, the glorious Lord. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Come on. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he's the burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our judge and our savior. In Jonah, he's the risen prophet. In Micah, he's the ruler of the world from Bethlehem. In Nahum, he's our stronghold. In Habakkuk, he is the watchman. In Zephaniah, he's the mighty to save. In Haggai, he's the restorer. In Zechariah, he's the branch of David, the one pierced for us. Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, the living God. In Mark, he's the servant, the miracle worker. In Luke, he's the baby in the major and the son of God. In John, he's the son of God, the living word, the way and the truth and the life. 
In Acts, he's the savior of the world, ascended Lord. In Romans, he's the justifier. In 1 Corinthians, he's the resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, he's our comfort. Galatians, he's our liberty. In Ephesians, he's the head of the church. In Philippians, he is our joy. Who's looking for joy this morning? He's our joy. In Colossians, he's our completeness and the glue that holds our world together. It's Christ Jesus that holds us together. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he's the coming king. 1st and 2nd Timothy, he's our mediator. In Philemon, he's our benefactor. In Titus, he's our blessed hope. In Hebrews, he's our perfection. In James, he's the power behind our faith. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he's the chief shepherd and our chief cornerstone. 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, he's our truth and everlasting life. In Jude, he's the foundation of our faith, our security, and in Revelation, he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. He's the first and last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God in the Old Testament, the same God in the New Testament, and the same God today stands forever and ever, and he'll continue to keep his promises to his people. Do you believe that, church, this morning? Come on, praise God. Give him praise as we go back to same God. You know, I love this course because it's so true. And I encourage you, if you have a need, and we're gonna go through this bridge again, Ab, if we could do this. It says he hurt his people then, and he's gonna hear his people now. If you have a need, I encourage you to lift your hand as we do this bridge. If you truly believe that God is the same God throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament, as, as we saw, it's the same God that's gonna go come through for you today. And it's gonna make the impossible possible. You heard your children then, you hear your children now. If you have a need, let's raise, just raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray together.
worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. kids you're waiting to come home you see those who are looking for answers looking for hope those who put their hope in the Lord will never be put to shame the Word of God says the world can't understand him the armies can't defeat him the schools can't explain him and the leaders can't ignore him his ways are right his word is eternal his will is unchanging and his mind is on us. He's my redeemer, he's my savior, he's my guide, he's my peace, he's my joy, he's my comfort, he's my Lord. Lord, you see our needs, Lord. We thank you that we can build our foundation on you, a solid rock and your promises. For when we're faithless, you are faithful. May we continue to just be in that honest that you never change. Your love never changes. You never change. You are Lord, Savior, our healer, our provider, our comforter, our rock, our shelter, the rock on which we stand. We just give you praise. We give you thanks to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the lover of our souls. We ask this in the matchless name of Jesus. And all together we say, amen and amen. Give God praise. Give God praise. A shout of praise. Praise God. Praise God. Take a second. Greet someone. Greet at least two people. Welcome. Welcome to Heartland. We're glad to have you here today. Welcome, welcome everyone online. Welcome. God welcome. is good. Welcome. Here's Pastor Kevin. I'm going to do the youth announcement. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That is good. He is. Well, our first announcement uh, today uh, is for the young adults and youth. We're actually taking part in the coldest night of the year. Uh, it is a special charity walk uh, out in the cold. Does anyone like the cold? Yeah, the two. Two people. Yeah, yeah, two people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to be out. Oh, we have Pastor Fred, one. Okay. Well, we're going on this charity walk, uh, and we're walking to help uh, those that are in need. February 24th, uh, Saturday, youth and young adults, uh, if you want to join our team, uh, we're going to be walking to support uh, the DAM. Uh, the DAM is uh, a, a nonprofit organization that helps youth 13 to 19 uh, with a safe environment and home for them that they can come and feel cared for and loved and mentored. So we're walking for them. Um, and we're really excited. So if you want to join our team, February 24th, coldest night of the year, youth and young adults. Uh, we're just excited about that. So praise God. Excellent. And I did that when I was younger, too. 
<laughs> no, it's a great cause, so if you can uh, help and sponsor, that would be fantastic. We're glad you're here today. Welcome. I do want to mention, I'm not sure if it was at, right at the first, we have had some furnace issues, so it's a little bit cooler. But someone had said before service, when we get worshiping, it warms up, and it has a little bit. Amen? Amen. So we're glad you're here today. If you're visiting with us, if you're new here at Heartland, we're glad you're here. Uh, in one of the seats in front of you, you'll see a communication card. If you take a couple minutes and just fill that out and go to our um, uh, guest services uh, counter out in the foyer after the service, we just got a Tim's card to say, uh, nice to have you here and just to welcome you to Heartland. So we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, small groups. I mentioned last week our brochure. Uh, we have a, a new, our, this is our winter semester, we call them, and uh, I would like to get our uh, small group leaders and assistant leaders to stand. If you're new at Heartland or you haven't been connected with uh, one of our small groups, these are some people you can talk to. Uh, Francis, uh, Christine, is not standing yet, Toko. And then we have Elazar. Elazar and Richie are doing the Young Professional uh, group on Wednesday night. Uh, Christine works or is partnering with me on our Bible study here. Pastor Fraz does the adult uh, families, young families with, uh, there we go. And, uh, and Richie's also helping with that as well. Uh, Jose, they've got one. And these are people that you can ask about, about small groups. If you um, are... Um, uh, interested in finding out more the brochure is there contact the office uh, for more information or get to to connect with a small group one of the things I think it's really important for us is like services are great but we also need to connect in a, in a smaller setting with some people and uh, to get to know them but also to be able to grow in that sense as well and so we really do want to promote and encourage you to be a part of small groups. And any other questions you might have, please feel free uh, to let me know. If you're interested in drama and theater, this is not dealing with small groups, okay? So I've moved on, all right? Uh, and singing to share the gospel through the, uh, dramatic arts and working as a team, would you uh, like to join our drama team and choir for Easter Sunday? It doesn't feel like Easter yet, but it is coming. And so in preparation for that. So please sign up and guest services today after church. Uh, rehearsals start on Monday, February 5th. And Easter is early this year too. So keep that in mind. But please feel free to join. We are having a free electronic recycling fundraiser here Saturday, February 3rd, 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Uh, you... Um, you received a flyer coming in. We had them last week, and uh, that gives you more details as far as what we are collecting. Uh, please uh, feel free to bring those things with you. Uh, TVs, electronic devices will help you get them out of your vehicle into their uh, container. And it's a fundraiser for the church, and it really does help us with a couple projects. One we've got uh, in the goes that we would like to raise some funds for. If you have some smaller uh, uh, things that you just want to bring in on a Sunday, you can do that. Uh, nothing bigger than a 24-inch TV, just storage space, but you can bring that in either during the week or on Sundays and uh, put that towards the donation. If you'd like to help us uh, volunteer that day to help us throughout the day, that would be great as well. Uh, and uh, it just even a, an hour, a couple hours together would help. Uh, you can sign up at guest services for that. Uh, family night is coming up. Pastor Fraz will be saying more about that, but that's on this Friday, the January 26th, 7 p.m. Uh, level Up, our church is uh, 
joining with our district, we're going to be hosting a level up on Saturday, February 10th. Uh, here at the church, and that's from 10 until 5. It's geared towards uh, youth leaders, uh, pastors, that type of thing, and young adults. And so uh, just want you to know about that and to encourage our own people to be a part of that ministry as well. Newcomers Lunch is coming up Sunday, February 5th. If you're new to Heartland and you haven't been to one of our lunches, we would love for you to come. It's held after the service on February 11th. Uh, sign up at guest services. It's a great lunch, and you'll meet some staff, uh, board members, uh, pastors, that type of thing, just be able to talk and share. You'll be able to hear a little bit more about the church and also ask your own questions. And it's just a great way to, uh, to meet and connect in a, in a smaller setting. <sighs> there. I think I'm done. All right. If you have forgotten anything that I said, and I, you tuned me out when I said hello, all right. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly news email each week, which has all this information. And uh, uh, please feel free to sign up for that at connect at a churchconnected.ca. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. We want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving and uh, this list of all the things that we're doing and things in the future. Um, we can do those things because of your faithfulness in giving. And uh, we want to thank you for that. You can give many ways uh, here at Heartland, and please uh, debit credit of the foyer as well. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we stand on your faithfulness. God, even as we pray over this offering, it is because of your faithfulness that, God, we are here. That, God, your faithfulness to us as, as individuals and families, that, God, we now give back to you a portion of what you've given to us. God in obedience to you, and God for your glory and for your honor. Bless this gift and the giver, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. You believe that, church? No matter how far you've gone, or what you did, or what was done to you, he still saves. Amen? Amen. Amen. You having a good morning so far? Yeah, a little warm, a little cool? That's, I was told, don't make any cold or snow jokes today, Pastor. It might be too, might be too much. So anyway, we'll get right into it. So glad you guys came to church today on this warm, warm Sunday morning and uh, ready to worship and to pray and to hear God's word. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time either here or online, we started this series last week called Believing for More. And in this series, all we did was we, just, we, we were taking a look at our vision statement and our core values. And we do have a vision statement, by the way. It's very simple. Our vision is to be passionately connected to God through Christ, to connect to each other, our community and the world, that we might share the gospel with those who don't know him. And then our core values are, uh, we value inspiring biblical preaching and teaching, I'll try, as well as others, community and global outreach and engagement, corporate prayer and worship, being a diverse, multi-generational, multicultural community, a caring and welcoming environment, and the power of the Holy Spirit to change a life. And so as we were reflecting on these statements and our, our mission and our vision statement, we just asked the Lord, would you give us a couple of couple of marching orders. Give us a bit of a North Star for 2024 so that we can believe that you are going to do great things in our midst. And so one of those statements we talked about last week was we want to be a caring church in a world of hurt. A caring church in a world of hurt. And last week, we talked about two things that we're doing for 2024. One we're bringing back from last year, and that's our summer day camps. And uh, our summer day camps go from about... July to August, we hire some people early to help us get ready. And our summer day camps not only bless our community, uh, not only bless uh, our community. Oh, kiddos, you're dismissed. My apologies. My apologies. I was so busy with inspiring biblical preaching and teaching. Go on upstairs. Go on upstairs. My wife's going to be like, where are they? Where are they? Don't you want to stay? Anyway, the Lord bless you, little ones. But anyway, um, so back to our summer day camps. So we do these day camps every year. We start it every year, and they go from 9 to 5 or 8 to 4, Monday to Friday. And it is such a wonderful opportunity to share the love of Christ with young people. And not just the young people, but their parents as well. And I don't know if you know this, but most people who accept Christ as their Lord and Savior do so as children. And so it is a tremendous opportunity. And what's and, and especially blessing for us is that we often get to hire our own young people. We hire from outside as well. You know, we don't discriminate, but we have an opportunity to hire our own. Many of your youth and young adults have worked here in the past, and they have, they have a blast. They're loud. They're a little noisy, but we love them. And but as I shared last week, church, our ability to do this well really depends on your giving. And so thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. 
Starting this Friday, we're going to be starting our once a month Heartland Family Night. And these are going to be once a month. And I, as I shared last week, this is kind of a soft launch. I was going to start this in February, but people are like, oh, it's so cold and dreary. And I'm like, what? Like, have a snowball fight. It's fun. Snow angels. It's good. Anyway, uh, so let, what we can start this month. It'll be a soft launch. And really what we wanted to do is we wanted to give you an opportunity to do three things. One, we want to give you a chance to connect with one another to, because we believe that our fellowship is an extension of our worship. We wanted to also give you an opportunity to get to know one another. Some of you know each other really well. Some of you are a little bit newer to Heartland, maybe two months or two years or whatever. And we want to give you a chance to kind of fall into our family, but also... We want to give you the opportunity to invite friends and loved ones who perhaps maybe don't want to come to a, a church morning service, but they'd come to a karaoke cafe night or a, a, a minute to win it theme challenge and whatnot. And so this will be happening at 7 p.m. It'll be happening at the same time as our youth service. We're not going to go to the youth service. Apparently we have too many gray hairs. That's okay. But our youth are going to go upstairs to their service, and uh, parents, uh, and not just parents of youth, but anybody, whether you're uh, 2 or 92, if you've got young kids, well, pastor, my kid's like, wait, wait, we big, what do we do with them? Just bring them. Let them have fun. You know, I, this whole idea of like, you know, we got to have child care, not that I'm against child care, but I grew up in a context where the children just watched the worship. They, they, they watched the, the move of God, you know? And uh, well, I didn't grow up in that, but I've, I've seen people in that. And now, and for our own context, like we want our children to see these things. We want them to see that fellowship and that worship. And so come, uh, we'll have food. There's no cost. There'll be donation. But come, come early. It's open to everybody. And uh, again, this is a soft launch, but we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep believing for more in 2024. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's our one statement. Uh, the other three statements are a reaching church in a lost world. Uh, which we'll talk about today, an empowered church in a dark world. And by dark world, I don't mean the world is evil, but that there is an evil one in the world. And the last thing he wants is for you to find forgiveness and hope and life and mercy in Christ. There is a powerful and wonderful plan for your life. And there are forces at work that never want you to find that plan, that never want you to walk in that plan to walk in the power and the love of Christ. And so we want, we want to talk about that. We, we don't want to give credibility to the enemy, but we want to recognize God's authority, that we get to walk in His victory every single day. And, and I love church programs. I, I, I conduct, along with the staff, church programs. But, you know, there is no church program that's going to match the power of a believer walking in their authority in Christ. Amen? And we want to be a Bible-focused church in a shifting culture. And again, we'll talk about that, talk about the role of biblical truth in our lives each and every single day. But today, we're going to focus on, we want to be a reaching church in a lost world. As we believe for more in 2024, we want to be the kind of church that reaches people with the love and the mercy and, and the, and the uh, grace of Jesus Christ. And we don't just want to reach, but we want to go and find to seek and save that which was lost. Anyone ever lose something very important to them before? Yeah? What'd you lose? Wallet. Wallet, that's, that's kind of important. Anybody else? Can, you, can anyone top a wallet? Your child. Your child, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to that, that's important. A phone, oh my, I don't, I'd be lost without my phone. Anyone, one more. Keys, oh my goodness, I... 
Don't ask my wife, but I lose my wallet and keys almost on a weekly basis. And so they're always in the last place I look, usually in my back pocket or whatever. But anyway, I, I really do lose it often. I remember growing up, uh, we never like, had a lot of money. And so I really, really wanted a watch. And so my dad gave me his watch. And I, I, had, I knew because I saw him, like he, he had got it from one of those machines. You know, where like it's like a, it's a gumball type machine. And you put in like a dollar or whatever it was. Which, and back then, a dollar was like a big deal, you know. Today, people leave dollars on countertops and quarters, you know. But back then, like if you find a dollar, it's like you find a lottery ticket. And so I remember, you know, it was one of those watches where you just got it out of like a gumball machine thing. And, and, and we didn't really have the money to go out to like, you know, the Eaton's or Sears to buy like a nice watch or wherever people buy nice watches from. And, uh, and so he just gave me the, the watch off of his wrist and said, well, son, here you go. Like, take this watch. And, and so for me, like, this is like, I mean, this was like the greatest gift that anyone had ever given me. My dad gave me his watch and I cherished it. But one day I lost it. I was just a kid, you know, eight, nine years old. And I, I, I had no idea where I put it. I knew I had taken it off. And from there, I had no idea where I had said it. And so I started retracing my steps and I couldn't find it anywhere. I thought maybe, maybe I flushed it down the toilet by accident. Like it is just gone. And I remember weeping, not like a little boo-hoo, but like, but like grieving, tears of, of despair that I lost the watch my dad gave me. And of course, I'm just a little kid. And so there's thoughts going through my mind, like, how am I going to go on? How, how, how am I going to live? How can I face my dad? How, how can I look him in the eye and say, I lost the watch you gave me? Have you ever lost something that you were desperately passionate about to find? Something you, you truly loved? And in our context, I know you mentioned son. I think, I, 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 you know, we, we've lost one of our kids in, in like a crowd setting. But when I say, when I ask you this question, have you ever lost or had, had a passion to desperately find something you loved? I'm not talking about things today. As a church, we're not talking about things. We're talking about people. God did not send his son to find things. He sent his son to find people. In the same way, God doesn't send us out into the world to find things. He sends us out into the world that on his behalf we might find people. People matter to God more than things. We know as the Bible teaches us, everything is going to get burned. It's not going, it's not going to last it's people and their never dying souls that last. And watches are great. Wallets are good <laughs> to keep around. You, you want to have tabs on your children, of course. Those are all good in their place. But God has called us to reach people. Because people matter to God more than anything. And as a church, people matter to us to go with his good news. And it is good news. And so today, I want to talk to you a little bit about going individually, going as a church. And we're going to take a look at a couple of passages. 
and we're going to start in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, and here's what Jesus said. It's a familiar passage if you've been to church a few times. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, meaning there are people waiting to respond to the good things that I have in store for them. There are people waiting to receive forgiveness. There are homes waiting to be restored. There are prodigals just looking for someone to lead them back home. There are sicknesses that need to be healed. The harvest is plentiful. There is a move that is about to happen. But the laborers are few. It's not that there weren't enough programs. It's not that there weren't enough ideas. It's not that there weren't enough buildings. But the workers were few. For whatever reason, the passion was not there to step up and say, Lord, I'll go. I will go into the harvest. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus goes on to say towards the end of Matthew chapter 28, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. This is after the resurrection. And after the resurrection, this is, this is the command that he gave them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, the sum is likely the larger crowd that followed Jesus. You have the 11 disciples, but there were other people who wanted to follow Jesus, but they were just a little unsure. Now, the word doubted in this context doesn't mean, well, is he really God? This word, this Greek word for doubted is found in another place in the Gospels, and it, it more so means hesitation. They believe, but boy, is it going to be hard. There's a world of pain and a world of opposition, and I'm not sure I want to take up the call to go because going is going to be tough. That's, that's the sense in which the word is being used. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And look what he does with this authority. With that authority that he has, he then commands us, go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're called to go, not to make people feel better about their context, not to make people feel better about what they've done, but to make disciples. Specifically, Jesus goes on to say to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so our going is not um, a social gospel or a social justice movement. It's not a comfort movement where we just go to make people happy. Our going is to teach people that Christ loves them and here's how you follow Him. He loves you and here's how you follow Him because He loves you. And we're not going to indoctrinate people, we go because we believe that this is the great hope that our dark world needs. This was the prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah, where the prophet Isaiah said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. 
You have multiplied the nation. This is a prophecy about Jesus. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. That God has come to share, to divide the spoil that all might be blessed by Him. But how will they hear? How will they receive if we don't go? And so the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Not necessarily a pastor preaching, but people just confessing. Christ is real and he loves you. He wants to forgive you and he has a plan for you. And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's what we're called to do, to preach this beautiful news of God's incredible mercy and grace, to tell people that God loves them no matter what, that it doesn't matter what you've done or think you've done, it doesn't matter what's been done to you, that there's a God who loves you desperately and has a plan for your life. And we as believers are called to go. And here's kind of today's message in, in one sentence. We go with a beautiful light that brings life everywhere we go. And it's us. We are the ones that go. And when we read in Romans, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel when we go, it is we who arrive with beautiful hope. I hope. Oh, amen. But it begs the question, are you beautiful? You are on the outside. I remember I had a, I guess I could call him a friend, but uh I don't mean to use crass language in church. Some of you are going to say, this isn't even crass language, Pastor. But, but if I could use some words to describe him, he would be a party pooper. Not literally, of course. But he just had this negative attitude. He just knew how to bring a damper on everything and everyone, everywhere he went. He was a party pooper. He was a party pooper. Party pooper. And it just got to the point where we kind of hoped that, I won't use his name, that Mr. Pooper, <laughs> that Mr. Pooper, you know, maybe didn't read his text messages or maybe missed the email or the, uh, back then it was like ICQ and like all that kind of message. Yeah, 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 my old folks. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Some of you are like, ICQ, what's that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> but it, but he, he just found a way to bring kind of this gloom everywhere he went. And so I'll ask you this question. It's rhetorical. It's intentional. And hopefully it doesn't sing too much. But is it a, is it a beautiful experience for others when you walk into the room? And I suspect that if you were to answer that question for yourself, you might be somewhat biased. 
But let's up the ante. Is it a beautiful experience for others when you as a believer walk into the room? You know, we talk about the feet of those who preach the gospel being beautiful. It's your feet that are beautiful that when you preach the gospel. And so when you talk about the beauty of the quote-unquote feet of believers, by inference, I think you also have to talk about the ugliness of those feet. That is, you talk about quote-unquote beautiful Christians, by inference, you also have to reference ugly Christians. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. Beautiful Christians have gone many places for Christ, have done many things for Him. Ugly Christians on the inside have been a force of division in churches, haven't they? Ugly on the inside have been a force of discord, have been unwitting double agents for the kingdom of the enemy. Is it a beautiful experience for others when you walk into the room? Are, are your feet, quote unquote, even the, the part of you that sees the least amount of sunlight, arguably right now the part of you that smells the most? Speaking, of course, metaphorically, are they beautiful? You know, when you read these words, and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. See, there's, there's an assumption in the text, and, and the assumption is not far-fetched. The assumption that the Apostle Paul is making is that your feet have been made beautiful by Jesus. Because you can't earn it. You, you cannot earn and somehow through your own effort become this godly, righteous person before God. It's a free gift. And so the assumption is that, that you've allowed Jesus to wash your feet. You've allowed Him to wash your soul from the inside out. Because when you allow Him to wash you, it becomes easier for others to receive what we say when what we say has already changed us. It becomes easier for others to receive what we say when what we say has washed me through and through. In God's master plan, He created you, forgave you, blessed you, and as we'll talk about in coming weeks, empowered you so that when you walk into the room, it's a beautiful experience for others. You can't control what they say or do, but you can control whether or not you let Christ beautify your heart, soul, mind, even your feet. Let's be beautiful Christians, church. You're, you've already got the outside part locked down, but on the inside, Let's be beautiful for His name's sake so that as people come, as we go, as they see, they see His matchless love in our 
lives. Now, I do want to perhaps add a note of sympathy. It's hard to be beautiful inside out. Life is tough. In fact, when the going gets tough, it is just hard to keep going. It's hard. It's hard to be the kind of follower that Christ has called me to be. You know, it's a little bit like this. Have you ever tried to hold something small, like a phone or a water bottle? Not hard. It's pretty easy. I don't know how much my phone weighs. Two ounces? Pretty easy. But if I were to hold it for five minutes, would it still be easy? Probably not. Ten minutes. Ten months. Ten years. See, these little weights get heavier and heavier and heavier. Oh, and you think because it looks so easy, because it's so small, you can manage. But I have found in today's culture, Christians are carrying weights that they thought they could handle years ago that are just weighing them down. And I'll be very practical. I think for some of you, you have very unreasonable work schedules, and you thought you could do it. You thought you could pick up extra slack. Little did you realize the extra slack was going to become normal, and now it's just weighing you down. And you walk through life like this. You're just, you're tired. And you don't come to church wanting to be a quote-unquote ugly Christian. You don't go to work wanting to be an ugly Christian. You don't go to school wanting to be an ugly Christian, but you're just so weighed down. You're so squeezed. You're so stretched that you just don't have the perseverance to be all that God has called you to be. For the sake of those who have yet to hear, to receive, and believe. We not only have to find perseverance, but we need to find the kind of perseverance that includes the wisdom to say, there are things in my life that just need to go. Because there is a world desperate to hear how much God loves them. You know, when, I, when we read this in Romans, how then will they call on Him they have not believed? And how are they to believe of Him they have not ever heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I mean, the inference is that there is a passion in our hearts that is not being weighed down by the things of this world. And it's not that the things of this world are necessarily wrong or evil. But we have a responsibility to ensure that the things of this world do not steal our passion and our stamina for the things that really matter in life. People matter. The people God has put in your life matter. And He has put those around you that you might share the hope of Christ with all of them. You know, as I, uh, as I think about this idea of reaching and not getting tired of reaching because it's easy to get tired of reaching. It's easy to get tired of doing and giving and growing and going. As I think about this idea of reaching and as I reflect on our own church, Heartland, Heartland, Heartland's story is one of missional perseverance. 
Some of you have been here for many, many, many years. Some of you are brand new. Some of you come for a couple of years. But regardless of how long you've been here, I think you'll see in a few moments that our story has been one of going even when it's tough. Literally building, even when there's a pandemic. Going when the odds are against us. But not going for a thing, not going for a program, but going for people that they might hear how much God loves them. You heard a little bit earlier today that the youth and young adults are doing a coldest night of the year, walk, marathon, and I think it probably will be pretty cold. You heard a couple of weeks ago, we're organizing a volleyball tournament, we have soccer tournaments, we have basketball outreaches. This is a church that goes. This is a church that goes out of its way to invite people in. As I was reflecting on it, I, wrote, I just wrote a couple of things that we, we did last year just going. And this list was probably three times as long, but we got to get going here. We, we have been invited to organizations like uh, Mississauga Food Bank, where we delivered almost a thousand pounds of food. We've been partnering with the Vita Center, bringing clothes for them, whether it's a spring clothing drive or a winter clothing drive. If you were here during the Christmas season, you would have seen that about a third of our foyer looked like the winter section at Walmart. With, uh, on boots and jackets and all sorts of winter paraphernalia that you guys gave, and we had like, I'm surprised we didn't get pulled over driving all the stuff over because they were like right to the top of the vehicles. Like you couldn't see out the back window. It looked like a drug vehicle because, you know, it's all blacked out. But we, folks, you did that. We were able to uh, show our appreciation to first responders, police officers, and, and, uh, and uh paramedics and firefighters. We've been partnering with extended care, uh, nursing homes, collecting things for them and, and blessing them with routine monthly services. We have been going out in a variety of ways and we plan to continue to do so. We also plan to continue to invite people in, whether it's through our summer day camp, whether it's through a community dinner that's absolutely free for those who are struggling in the Mississauga area. Our heart's desire is whether we invite people in or whether we go to show people how much God loves them. And we don't even want to charge, to be honest. That's actually why your giving is so important. We don't, we don't go to the police station where there's hundreds of cops and uh, first responders because they all come over there. Like, we don't go, hey, here's, this, is, this is $10, you know, for, and it's not hot dogs and hamburgers, it's a real chicken. Like, we, our volunteers were here Friday night for hours getting the chicken ready and the rub and all that. Oh, it was smelt beautiful. But we don't charge people. It's your giving that makes all that happen. You know, I, I shared last week, um, normally for day camp, it, it, the rates go up to like $450, $500 per child. And we don't want to have to charge that. We, we would like to charge a little bit less than that because we want to make it accessible. But that only happens because of our faithfulness. And we're excited to do even more. And uh, just so you know, about every month, we're always advertising something, whether it's a community electronics fundraiser, whether we're collecting things for an organization, whether we're going into organizations where we uh, pack and store and just rearrange and clean. Uh, while many of us volunteer, there's actually a core team that 
helps us plan these things and execute executes these things. And so I just, I, I'm going to ask them to stand just so we can show our appreciation. Uh, so we have a community engagement team, that's what it's called. And on that team is Rose Ramprashad. So go ahead and stand. Yeah, we'll, we'll save our claps till the end. Goodness Nandi, go ahead and stand. Denise uh, Ariel, did I get that right? Oh, praise the Lord. Karen Meyer, Karen's here somewhere. Chris Woods, Go ahead and stand. Go ahead. And this team is led by Leanne Park. So, once Leanne's on staff, can you give them a hand, folks? Like, they have helped us literally deliver tens of thousands of pounds of just stuff and go into places that you guys can sit down, to go into places that we wouldn't otherwise be able to get into. And there are times where we can do big things and 50, 60 people can show up. And then there's times where we can only do small things because they don't want 50, 60 people to show up. And, and they, along with other volunteers, go in there on our behalf on a routine basis. And again, our hope and prayer is to do even more. We, you know, we wanna host more community fundraiser dinners for those who are struggling. You know, we want to we wanna double the number we can bring. We want to we wanna host more appreciation barbecues. We want to make sure that we, we can set our price for our summer day camps to a point where it is accessible, not just for the uber rich, but for everyone. But as we, as we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, I am just convinced that God is going to do even more in 2024. As the uh, worship team comes back up, I, uh, I, I normally end with a, kind of a, an encouraging thought, and, and I really struggled with what to share with you in closing, uh, especially a message about reaching the lost. You know, what, what, I mean, what's the application? Go knock on your neighbor's door today, you know? Go call that person at work, and, and certainly those are good things. But as I was praying and reflecting, the Lord just put upon my heart something that I thought would be important and also encouraging for many of you to hear. When we go, we are reaching people that we can't reach. We are, or said a little bit differently, we are reaching people who can reach people that we can't reach. I remember uh, when I first came to church, I, had, uh, I was in the process of getting saved trying to figure out what church meant. And, and there was a young man, his name was Adam, and he became really instrumental in kind of guiding me to the Lord, along with others. Now, on that journey, there were others who were praying for me, and I, I believe God heard those prayers and, and the angels were working in the spiritual realm. But at the end of the day, it was a group of young people like Adam who were able to reach me when all those others who were praying around me couldn't. I remember one time we were out and, and he had just rededicated his life to the Lord and he said to me and a few others, what would happen if we prayed and fasted? Have you thought about that? I'm like, no, no, I don't know. Because 18 year olds don't think about that kind of stuff, right? And so we did. And, and it, it just ignited something. This prodigal kid, who was still prodigal <laughs> for a season, but coming back, was able to reach this Muslim kid. Fast forward a couple of years, I, I became 
a young adult pastor. And uh, there was a young man, we'll call him Dan. And Dan wanted to come to the young adult group. And he wanted the drum. He did, he wanted the drum. And I go, Dan, why do you want a drum? And he said to me, well, there's two reasons. I like drumming and I want to meet some girls. We were at Wendy's. His friend, we'll call him, his friend Jason was there. I'm not making this up. And I said, okay, well, maybe before you jump onto the worship team, let's have a couple more Wendy's. Baconators on me for a month, all right? Come on, let's, let's, let's connect. Behind all of that, there was a mom who was praying. Because her children had walked away from the Lord. And for whatever reason, Dan just didn't have time for what mom had, what wanted to say. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. After years of praying, an ex-Muslim who nobody else could reach got saved. And here I was having a Baconator with Dan, who not only rededicated his life to the Lord, but God then used him to reach his brothers who weren't saving the Lord. And it's not to say God doesn't hear the prayers of a praying parent. But sometimes those prayers empower people to go where you can't go. <laughs> uh, the story goes on and on and on. Dan then met a girl. He did meet a girl, actually. I helped, with, I helped officiate their wedding. And that girl, they were praying for their brother who had walked away from the Lord. And he could play piano. And so Dan eventually convinced that his future brother-in-law to come back to the Lord. And behind that young adult piano player that wasn't serving God was a praying parent. Actually, there were pastors who were praying for their son who had been gone for so long. And God heard those prayers through others who could reach them that they couldn't reach. One more, one more. I was talking to a grandparent a couple of churches ago in Hamilton. And uh, maybe you're a grandparent, and, and I, I hear this often. Pastor, I just, I just want my children and grandchildren to go to church. And they're not going, Pastor. What do I do? Well, you got to pray, sister. You got to pray. But Pastor, I've been doing that for 20 years. Like, what more can I do? What more can I do? And I, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question. And so one of these people that this grandparent was praying for, just off and on commitment. And so I don't know how it all happened. Well, I, I know how. They're a teacher. My wife's a teacher. And when you put two teachers together, they start talking teaching stuff. You know, EQAO nonsense and all that. It's all good. It's all good. But they just go into that world. And eventually the conversation shifted. And my wife just told her, you know why I bring my kids to church? because I want them to know that God loves them because there's a world out there that will tell them they're not good enough that they don't look good enough that they got to change for this person and that person and I want, I want my children to know that God loves them and after 10 years of praying it was the girl who married the ex-Muslim who was able to reach that individual that grandma could never reach God heard the prayers We got to go. We got to go for those who have yet to believe 
And not that we're self-serving, but if if they can reach those we cannot reach, we're going for our own prodigals. We're going for our own spouses. We're going for our own kids. We're going for our own brothers and sisters. You know, Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. Pastor, what's your vision? What do you mean there's nothing new under the sun? You know what makes church really new? When people get saved. When people rededicate their lives. When the Holy Spirit touches a heart and they begin to discover not only that they're forgiven, that they're called, they're chosen, there's a plan and a purpose for your life, that you are not a mistake or an accident, that the world may have forgotten you, but there's a God who chose you. That's what makes church fresh and exciting. So we go. Just to conclude, last slide. Churches that go will experience overflow. Christians that go will experience overflow. We got to go. What does that look like? Three things real quick. I, I made them ease so you'd remember it. Okay? Equip, encircle, experience. Equip those who go. There are going to be doors you may not be able to open, but someone else can open it. Equip them. Invest in them. Pray for them. There are doors as a church that we can only open as you give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And, and I say this unashamedly. I have seen the impact of the investment of your time, talent, and treasure. Because of I'm a pastor. It's my job. But I've, I have been able to use what you have invested in faith, in prayer, even your finances, to help prodigals come home. Equip those who go. And then encircle those who come. Surround them. Love them. I have like a million spiritual dads in the church. Because I, you know, I don't have Christian parents. I love my parents, but I have people who just mentor me and take me underneath their wing and include me. But there is that last E. Experience. Have you experienced it? How do you... How do you go with God's grace if you haven't received it? And, and I, I think you believe, but maybe it's just been a while since you've had that moment with the Lord. Today, this is a house of worship. It is a house of prayer. It is a house of encounter. Because before you go, you gotta receive. Before you can go with this incredible love, you need a touch from his presence. So church, I'm going to invite you to stand. And I invite all of us here or online, not, not simply to sing, but to experience the mercy, the grace, the hope, the light, and the power that God has called us to go with. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen. This is a house.
I just, I sense in my heart that there are some of you and there's somewhere God is calling you to go or something God is calling you to do, but there's something that's just in the way and you haven't really laid it down yet. And it's been a long time. What God has in store for you is simply better. He has a better blessing for you in 2024. Lay it down. I want to read to you a scripture in closing. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. That is our prayer, that God would bless and that people would know him. Amen. Father, we we give this to you. We come to you with hearts full of faith that the work you've done and are doing in us isn't just for us. The healing isn't just for me. The blessing isn't just for me. The way you made through the sea isn't just for me. God, that you've called me to be a light for all those around, that they too may see the kindness and the mercy and the blessing of the Lord. So I pray, God, that as we go as a church, as we go individually, we would go with beautiful feet of the gospel. Beautiful not because of what we did, but because we have allowed what you did to come into our hearts and change us from the inside out. And Lord, as we go, we pray in faith, believing, God, that you are going to do even more in 2024. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Do you believe God's going to do a work in your life? Do you believe God's able to reach that person in your life you've been praying for? A little bit louder. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great day. If you're a little cold, I promise you the coffee is hot. Grab a cup of coffee. Stick around. Fellowship with one another. If you're able to, join us Friday night, 7 p.m.